0: Hello, Brandon. Yo, Tom. Sounds like the need for podcasting is great. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Isn't it always? <laughs> yes, yes, but particularly this
1: evening. Ah, uh, yeah.
0: Do you have a parcel of some description that you're going to unbox?
1: Oh, yes, I have two parcels. Ooh. Mm. Yes, I have a, um, let's begin.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm always wondering when you say you
1: have two parcels, because I only remember sending you one parcel, but let's see. Let's see what they are. I (laughs) I can tell. Um, I have a shiny black bubble wrap envelope, Mm -hmm. uh, which is bendable, so I don't want to cut anything inside. Okay. I'm ripping it open because I can't wait anymore. Very good. Let's see. Oh, is it a solar panel? Oh, (laughs) no. dude it is a onesie uh it is a netflix onesie i don't even i don't know where you got this but milk isn't the only thing i'm binging on dude it is awesome thank you so much that is freaking dude that's freaking awesome (laughs) (laughs) we brand them young (laughs) oh man i would have never guessed that oh obviously not a solar panel Hold on, let me move this glass of milk here so my Fruit. microphone doesn't fall it. Okay, now onto the box. I have a cardboard box the okay. size of a um, original NES would fit in. I, okay. what? Come on, we to say. <laughs> Yeah, let's dig into that sucker. I can't find any tools to cut into. Uh, I got a little pocket
0: mi- knife. It's nowhere in here. <laughs> oh,
1: dude, I haven't seen that thing since the last podcast oh, uh- we talked. Like <laughs> a little screwdriver from digging it in. All right, let's see this. Lots of brown paper. Oh, dude, what is this? A box of Netflix goodies? Oh, <laughs> what is this? Oh, man, I have, like, a VHS-sized black box with a ribbon, Netflix inscribed on the cover. Let me slide out the innards. Oh, man, is that a flask? Oh, bottoms up. Oh, man, dude, I've been binging Mad Men. So this is, like, the perfect Netflix gift. Oh, (laughs) this is awesome. Oh, yes, Don Draper, Netflix. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Thank you, Thomas. Not at all beautiful beautiful let's see what else we got in here oh dude this is freaking awesome netflix pens uh with styluses on the top of them oh dude you shouldn't have it's like christmas in july i feel like a crazy eddie commercial coming on here very good (laughs) what else do we got oh dude yes a big bag mind-bending independent movies for hopeless romantics netflix bag this is perfect some I'm going to go down to the beach shortly here. So uh, this will be on the beach on oh, full display. Yours? I think Comcast like gives away bags down mm. like when you get onto the beach. Because everybody always has these Comcast bags. And I'm like, into the sea with you, dog. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. What do we got? Dude, beautiful Netflix coffee mug. Listen, I'm always picky about coffee mugs. Because sometimes they make the handles so like... You can barely get a finger in them. Yeah, no. dude, this this is a hearty mug, man. Pretty I, good. Yes, excellent. Thanks, Thomas. And a t-shirt. Oh, dude, the t-shirt's friggin' awesome. There should be one more thing. If I'm. Oh right. wait, there is. There's two t-shirts, dude. This is great. Oh yes, his and her matching Netflix t-shirts. Oh, dude. And what is this? This is Netflix tattoos. <laughs> oh it is yeah it's backwards dude netflix tattoos with the the little uh account characters yes oh yeah there's me right there (laughs) dude this is awesome thanks thomas not at all too kind too kind
0: yes it's always difficult finding swag because i mean they give us internal swag but my wife's always trying to get me to get the best swag and uh the company store, it has a wide selection, but I thought I'd give you a smattering of different stuff. Dude, the mug is freaking
1: awesome, man. Mm. And the shirts are awesome. They're gray with red writing. They're, they're cool, man. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Yes, dude. I am employed at Netflix now. I'm just going to walk around and tell people that. Very good. Very good. <laughs> so, uh, you were doing some orc assembling today? Oh, yes.
0: So, that's actually the final thing of our topic. So, why don't we get to that at the final point? Yeah, we've. it's been a couple of weeks since we last spoke. So, i made yeah. hot sauce, which I want to talk about at some stage. Obviously, the orc assembly. We have had a vast quantity of listener questions, and I also stumbled on the week... There's a Reddit page associated with this very podcast, so I just want to say to folks who may be puzzled on the Reddit page, the way to contribute questions to Attic visionados is either through the Facebook group, via Twitter. I have a relatively easy email address. You can probably stalk me and find me quite easily. Any of those mediums will enable you to ask questions on Attic visionados I had a couple of questions myself before we get into the listener-submitted ones. You talk repeatedly about the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah put me put me and the listeners at ease associated with how you would assemble said sandwich what components what what peanut butter what jelly what bread
1: how does it come together in perfection for you oh okay um well if you really want to get the good flavor um <laughs> i mean you any any white bread that you can squish together and it won't expand again is, mm. is pretty damn tasty but i don't really go for that so um uh i'll get some like pepperidge farm like moldy grain crap Mm -hmm. because i gotta be responsible (laughs) but it tastes good and then uh i like shop right peanut butter preferably Mm. chunky yeah Mm -hmm. because sometimes you get peanut butter and there's like three inches of oil Mm. and then when you get to the bottom it's like solid Mm. and uh so so
0: you're not a connoisseur of sticking in the knife and stirring that repeatedly no okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> definitely not but i will store it upside down i think ah, it disperses the oil better interesting yeah interesting. And, and then um you know uh you know what i do i'll uh, wipe the knife on the other piece of bread to clean mm-hmm. it off before i put it in the jelly because <laughs> uh, i've gotten some complaints about the peanut butter being in the jelly before yeah and then i eat the thing <laughs> what kind of jelly no 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 you're still missing bits you're still missing bits. Okay. What jelly? <laughs> what jelly um there's this thing it's called um I don't even know how to pronounce it, but I call it Bonhomme. It's B-O-N-N-E-H-O-M-M-E. It's it's like a jar of jelly, and the the lid to it. It's like a short, fat jar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lid is red and white checkerboard. Oh yes, I know the one. Yes. Yeah, yes. dude, I love that jelly, especially. Mm-hmm. There's a mixed berry, and Ooh. um, I don't, I I got it it was on clearance one time, so I tried it, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I thought it was like they're scraps, but it is good. Uh, yeah, so I'm loving Pretty that jelly cool. right now. Yeah. Um. There's a local guy in the park near me that sells. It's called Jack's Jams, hmm. and it's just some some dude that makes jelly, sets up mm-hmm. the stand. So I always try him, and he's got a raspberry rhubarb that's like Ooh. friggin' awesome. Yeah, dude. Ooh. So yeah, yeah. So I try to I'll try to stop over there and get get that from him once in a while. But yeah, that's the sandwich. Very yeah, good. Favorite Van Damme movie? Double Impact, hands Interesting. down. Interesting. <laughs> How about
0: you, Tom? (laughs) Uh, I've watched Van Damme movies and never remembered them, so I tried to find the ones that I've watched previously. What's it called? Maximum Risk and Bloodsport were the two that came to mind, both of which were, I know, it was pretty, pretty appalling. But, um, no, I mean, I guess Double Impact, okay, I need to go back and see if I've seen Double Impact. But, yeah, Bloodsport, to me, I think was probably... Up until this point, my quintessential, in terms of just sheer, sheer, it's its kind of like, um, well, it's just sheerly ridiculous, I think, in many ways, but it's based on a true story. So, anyway.
1: I think his biggest earner, like, mm-hmm. commercially, is Time Cop. That's what I've heard. Interesting. Um, And you do see that on TV run once in a while. Like, okay. you see Bloodsport, but mm-hmm. Time Cop will be on, like, all networks yes. from time to time. So certainly. Certainly. Yeah. Have you... I mean, as a connoisseur, do
0: you watch all his films equally, or are there just some films which you look at and think, I'm not going to watch this?
1: Mm, I jump around. No, I I will watch all of them. I have a couple that I still haven't even opened. Like, I saw the DVD and was like, I'm getting that. Like, Wake of Death. Mm. I have that. It's still sealed. (laughs) I've had it for like six years. I haven't opened it yet, but I got his latest movie. It's called Pound of Flesh. Oh, I started that and I thought, "Mm." hmm. Have you watched it? Well, yes, I had two friends over and so we we watched it and there's there's like a couple times in there where I've never seen this before. At least I didn't know if I was seeing it. There's like a double green screen effect going on where like he's in the back of this car yeah. and I, so, the back window and everything, like the outside of the car is obviously the car's not really there, mm-hmm. and, which looks really bad. And then he's in the back seat. So, they must have just shot him at a separate time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and they put him in, and my buddy picked it out. And he's like, wait a second. We were laughing at the background. And he said, Van Damme's not really, really there. And mm-hmm. then we looked, we were like, dude, it's like a double green screen. And, and uh, yeah. So, it was, it was really, it was really awesome. I'm not gonna say anything negative because i love van damme But um Yes, the premise of that movie
0: I guess <laughs> I'm about I'm about half an hour into it. The premise of the movie was just so ridiculous. I thought I've gotta come back to this film when I'm in a slightly more like I will just not completely lose it laughing at this whole circumstance. The thing is I've spent a bit of time in Thailand. I went there when I was eighteen through to about twenty periodically and it is a really fascinating and quite messed up country I'm still not 100% sure associated with the premise of the film, but I'll, I'll finish it. I'll finish it. And I'll look for that scene with the uh,
1: green screen. There, yeah, there's, there's a lot of green screen hideousness going on in there, <laughs> to say the least, but I love, I love Van Damme, so. Very good. Very good.
0: His general deterior- like the deterioration of his physical form, I think is something that I find absolutely phenomenal through his films. I mean, that's, one of the things that I returned to when I decided to embark on the returning to Van Dam, working out what I'd actually watched Odyssey.
1: We will continue this, no doubt, in a future I think, aficionado. I will say this: he, he, he. I follow him on Instagram, mm. and he always is like the most positive, like friendliest post. Like he's just got nice posts, and mm-hmm. he, like he'll have pictures of himself where he looks like a melted candle, mm. and then like the next day he's like. I mean, it's like current, like he's in the gym and I'm like, mm-hmm. man, he's like so built, but I guess he partied so hard. So sometimes he's yes. just looking busted, but sometimes I'm like, dude, he looks friggin' awesome. Like mm. uh, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Have you ever
0: met Van Damme? Have you ever like fulfilled your boyhood dream and actually met him?
1: Well, I don't know if it's just a boyhood dream, but no, Sorry. I haven't. What? <laughs>
0: no. Alas, alas. Yeah, nope. Anyway, let's get to these listener topics. Olga Schwin writes, Have you guys ever eaten a really gross meal because it was the polite thing to
1: do? <laughs> well, I think we all have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Should I start or will you? Yeah, I think you should start.
0: Okay. Okay. So, my mother can't cook. She burns water. <laughs> when I was a boy, I had to cook for the family because of my mother's cooking abilities. She once came and stayed with us In fact, this sounds really bad to actually even put out in podcast form But I'm going to put it out in podcast form My wife and my mother had never met each other Up until just before our wedding Perhaps some would say intentionally Anyway So my mother came to visit And decided to cook us a meal And all I could remember is Water-soaked pasta And the fact that I was going to be physically ill For like a period of time following (laughs) I have eaten a few reasonable meals with my mother more recently, but usually it's because I or someone else, I mean, it's really funny, actually. People will volunteer to cook for her, which I think is indicative of the nature of the problem. Yeah. (laughs) How about you, Brandon?
1: Yeah, I ate two things. A girl in high school I dated, his parents made salmon. It was Mm -hmm. was the first time I ate salmon and I was in high school. (laughs) I wasn't really a diverse eater. But I didn't know what color it was supposed to be. Knowing now, it's supposed to be orange. But this was like maroonish gray. Mm -hmm. And I ate it. And this was the night before – yeah, this was. This was the night before we went to senior week. So Mm -hmm. I was meeting all my buddies later on that night. Went and had dinner. And uh, I was running late, like 45 minutes late. So they ate, but they still sort of were hanging around. I ate this salmon. And – Dude, I later, uh, you know, I eat it I'm fine. It's like it tastes gross, but I eat mm-hmm. it anyway. And blah, blah, blah. And I smile. And I for dinner. And then I'm on my way. And so later we go over and we set up um, Axis and Allies at mm. my friend's house. Yes, and, You'll and, call and I remember the story. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yes. So <laughs> it, it gets it gets bad on both ends. But uh, mm-hmm. that was my punishment. The other time is Lee Webb cooked squirrel Mm. and him and his wife served me squirrel and i did not want to eat it and they made like a gravy for it and all this and there were a lot of squirrel hairs in it and i ate it to be nice and Mm. it didn't taste bad but
0: uh, uh, (laughs) fur is not a good digestive cause
1: yes okay let's move on very good
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah i have a couple of others but i agree i don't think it's that funny actually there were listener questions associated with certain bodily functions and i just decided that we're not going to be doing those this evening let's <laughs> yeah, ask another that's one great. yeah <laughs> longest yeah. time ever
1: eating the same food over and over again this again from Olga Schwinn. i don't know Like eating the same sandwich for a while or eating the same, like, meal every night? I'll give an example and then maybe that'll (laughs) allude to this. I've got a few examples like this.
0: But once when I was, I think I was about 14 or 15, I think I was 14, my mother and my brothers went away. And my mother left me with a large slab of corned beef for the week. And I had it with potatoes. I had it with carrots. Basically, every day I'd come home. Eat the corned beef, go to bed. You know, get up, go to school, what have you. The weekended Saturday, I went to stay with, or went to visit my friend, and his parents actually were in the process of trying to adopt me because they thought I was being neglected. <laughs> Which another story for another adagivision artist. Anyway, so I turned up for dinner, and his mother's really excited. and She said, "Oh, we've got this wonderful thing for you. We decided to cook corned beef." <laughs> And I was very polite and sat down and ate the corned beef and then told them the story about how i have been living off corned beef for the past week, which they all thought was very amusing. But I waited until the end of the meal before I said
1: Very thoughtful. How about you? Um, I don't know if I've eaten. Usually, you know, in the winter, I'll make these, like, gargantuan pots of chili. Mm. And I always – I have this huge pot, and I try to jam it to the top and then reduce it down, and then, you know, it's this huge thing, and it just lasts for, like – like like my wife will stop eating it after like four days but i will eat it well like like for for two sundays you know Mm. like almost two (laughs) weeks and i'm like well still going good (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know billy
0: Farnstead asks uh billy's a difficult listener. i think he's on reddit anyway let me ask this question i'm really (laughs) not enjoying the podcast as much as i thought i would any (laughs) suggestions to help reverse this feeling (laughs) I can start or you can start. Please, please, please do. Okay, so depending on whether you're left or right-handed, let's assume you're right-handed. Sit on your right hand for about 20 minutes until it's numb, then turn the podcast on, listen to the podcast, and then either gently caress your face with said numb hand or slap yourself in the face, depending on what kind of angle that you like. And ultimately, I think that might improve the quality if you are not enjoying the recording that is Attic Aficionados. But if you are enjoying the recording that is Attic Aficionados,
1: continue to listen without sitting on any limbs. Do you have anything? Ooh. Yeah, I would say um, put on the Three Stooges and um, watch that as you listen. That's yes. sure to help at least a tiny bit. Certainly. Certainly. A- a- and then you can always hit mute on us and and turn mm. up the volume. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Uh, Billy Farnston also asks... How many episodes before
0: Brandon starts impersonating Tom? <laughs> I don't know. Have I done that yet? No. 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 I, clearly, Billy Farnstead wants this to occur in <laughs> order to improve the podcast. But
1: I don't – you know, I always impersonate Lee, mm. but he's – even when other Australians have come over to visit, they're like – his accent is so different from ours. Like, it's like – they're like, it's not a real Australian yeah. accent. <laughs>
0: people say about
1: me as well so yeah oh okay okay i
0: think after you leave australia for a certain length of time and australia also evolves it's not just me leaving australia it's also australians change the way they speak as well through this period of time too so it happens to many expat australians
1: i asked lee i said you know like why if i can imitate your voice and and you know like other actors can can go into different accents you know stuff i said why can't you imitate like an american accent and just do that and and then like i had to like really work on them for a little bit but i got them to imitate an american accent and it was like this high pitch like "Ow, what do you want me to say (laughs) that was his impersonation of us so i thought that was pretty good but you know not yet billy not yet very
0: good very good (laughs) jackie curds and way asks what do you all think? Um, she's obviously from Texas. What do you all think <laughs> of Ben and Jerry's ice cream? And can you give me a suggestion on some flavors or brands that you enjoy? Also, is there one time of the day that is better to eat ice cream than another?
1: It's <laughs> a lot of ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> discussion. Um, I always tend to eat ice cream at night. I mean, mm-hmm. typical dessert time. Ben and Jerry's um I never eat Ben and Jerry's much. You know, I heard that they had a peanut butter and jelly flavor that I think so I don't, Yeah, and I don't know if it it came out or they scrapped it or I just mm. I don't see it anywhere. I would try that for sure, but I like Tin Roof yes, for an ice do. cream. Yes, yeah, I like do. Tin Roof. Yeah. Yes. How about you, Tom? My wife bought the Ben and Jerry's, so apparently
0: it can't be the it must be the original Ben and Jerry's on the West Coast because it's an East Coast franchise. But we were somewhere and it was like, you know, this was the first Ben and Jerry's in California or whatever. And my wife bought the Ben and Jerry's recipe book, which is by far the best way to eat Ben and Jerry's ice cream because it gives you maybe three or four different ideas and then you can create your own ice cream flavors. So she created, well, no, she made Oreo and she made a strawberry And one other kind of ice cream, it was just absolutely delicious. And basically, it's just the base. And then you can add whatever you want, bacon, bananas, whatever. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So I would thoroughly recommend – I can find the book and recommend it to folks who are interested. But, yeah, if you like making stuff, you can start making your own ice cream flavors and
1: the sky's the limit. So they tell you, like, okay, start with – um, I don't know, start with vanilla and then – it's basically a lot of cream, and you need.
0: We have an ice cream maker, so you need something just to cool it down. But an ice cream maker is just basically
1: something that's cold with a churner. And
0: I don't know. Have you ever made ice cream?
1: We did one time, like at my uncle's. Like, oh, they they made it, and I watched him. I was a kid, but mm-hmm. um. Yeah, somebody did give me the ice cream attachment, the the maker mm. for the KitchenAid, but it was before I had the KitchenAid. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yes. Well, anyway, I can thoroughly recommend making your own Ben & Jerry's ice cream. In terms of day,
0: yeah, I'm an evening kind of guy. I don't know. Is there any other real time? I mean, potentially on a really hot afternoon, maybe early, an ice cream is quite nice. But the richness, and I think basically it's just raw cream. I mean, I think that's the element of richness and very much different than the shop port. I mean, Ben and Jerry's in the shop is okay, but if you make it yourself, it's just the, the calories hit you very quickly. Like you get that kind of strange tingling in your head associated with just vast quantities of fat entering your body. And I think we've got a follow-on question associated with this somewhere later in the recording. <laughs> Second question from Jackie. Ridiculous kids game shows from the 1980s. Oh, what, like Double Dare? Double Dare is pretty good. My wife and I grew up in separate parts of the world. And a friend of mine is the origin of this. But whenever I hear, hear Black Beauty, I have this imitation. Oh, I've got to do the host's voice, which the Australian host is completely different to the U.S. host. But the question is, what color is Black Beauty? Dare! Double Dare! Physical challenge! <laughs> and that illustrates perfectly, in just a soundbite, what Double Dare is. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the host in Australia? I don't know. I can't recall. But the thing is that the kids were just dumb as rocks. Like, they were just the dumbest possible <laughs> kids. And the questions <laughs> were so ridiculous. And you'd watch it and you'd be embarrassed that you were watching this thing. <laughs> Anyway, apparently this was the same in the U.S. as it was in Australia. They were Australian kids and American kids, but apparently they found the same kinds of kids. And my wife pointed out that some of them were just stupid and others liked doing the physical challenges. Like, you could just tell that there
1: were two kinds of contestants, or at least there were in the U.S. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always was, like, wondered if that the mashed potatoes were, the, were really mashed potatoes. I was like, There's, like, a ton of them. I'm like, do they really, like, whip up, like, a yeah. ton of instant mashed potatoes? Like, what else is it? <laughs> yes hey uh anyway hey, i probably should have been on the show
0: <laughs> i don't know where was it filmed in the u.s it was it filmed in california or where was I, it filmed I, th- I think it was if i had to guess yeah oh wow well you know california kids they're their own thing anyway uh bruce canopy asks is tom going to hunting camp in vermont this year this Bruce Canopy guy is obviously our stalker because he asks another question that clearly indicates he knows more information than the rest of us. Is <laughs> art, and if so, are there any rituals or strange customs that might prevail? Brandon, I'll let you start with this one.
1: Uh, okay, so last we talked, you were going to talk to art on your um, D&D night. So Did, what, is, what happened we, was, what happened was, my understanding is, I was down for
0: hunting camp. Like, um, literally, yeah. I saw this thing, and I was like, count me in, I haven't had a vacation in the longest time, I had, like, a brief staycation, it did nothing, I wanted to travel the US, I want to see Vermont, all this kind of stuff. So I immediately put down my ticket money and took my time off work. My understanding is that Lee is going to Australia at that time. Yeah. So the hunting camp yeah. is not really happening, and I think Art was having some, you know, he's he's got mucho kids and this kind of stuff, so... My perspective was, I've still taken the time off work. I still want to do some kind of crazy road trip. There's still plenty of the US to see. So, yeah, n- nominate possible places. My wife said, why don't we go to Cuba, which was one of the potentials that I've been thinking about places to go to. Ooh. But I've never been to the South. I've never, well, I've, never, I've been to your part of the world very briefly. but It wasn't a particularly positive experience. So, I mean, I'm certainly up for doing a <laughs> road trip across country potentially arriving in your part of the world at some stage. The other thing is, which is funnily enough, this Bruce Canopy guy, major stalker extraordinaire. Our, our stalker, Bruce <laughs> Canopy, it continues. <laughs> Rumour has it, Tom might be in Adelaide in March next year. We're ruining this. Talk about the strange rituals and customs that might prevail at the hunting camp. Uh, well, Before we get on to the next part.
1: Yeah, apparently. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't seem like hardly anyone's going. Seem- like Art's not going. Lee's not going. I know Ted's not going to be there. So is Um, it still on or what? My understanding was that it wasn't on. No, it doesn't seem like anything's. Seems like there's. I mean, there's a cabin there. (laughs) I don't. Yeah, it doesn't seem like anybody's. You and me and a candle, by the sounds of things. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I was. And Gunner is due to have a kid, Mm. and usually Gunner would be gung ho about it. Mm. And he's having a baby the end or mid October, so that probably. That's he's I severely doubt he's going to go, mm. but I haven't talked to him. But yeah, uh, man, it would be awesome to go, though. I don't know. Well, uh, strange customs that mm-hmm. would prevail. Um, dude, one time there was this guy there. He was like this really uh, <laughs> like a really big dude. <laughs> and He had this spread of every beast you could hunt in the woods there. Like mm. he had like and he had like little toothpicks in it. And he was like, this is elk. This is caribou this is pork porcupine this is this is deer this is moose this it was like ridiculous and i was like oh well i don't have to wait around to see what all these things taste like so i was like trying one of each it was actually all good it was all mm-hmm. really good that, that was sort of a weird custom but uh i hate to burst your bubble amazon has a sampler that enables
0: you to do that i think it even comes with the toothpicks so uh, does it come with the guy um, well, the guy is optional. I've historically occasionally played that guy, and I have a coworker at work who has played that guy as well. But yeah, you know, I used to sit by a guy who who would go out of his way to like produce strange kinds of jerky and sausage meats and other things. So I've I've been through the Amazon side of things. Anyway, continue with other customs that
1: might uh, prevail. Um, there's like weird card games that go mm-hmm. on that the locals play that like, they s- will just swindle you. It's like severely advised that you do not join in any card games. Cause like you'll, you'll start with like 50 cents up on the table and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're out like $40 mm. and, like, and like, they got this accent. That's hard to understand. <laughs> it's just weird. Uh, Yeah, and then we usually film some stuff up there, yeah, and do some lake runs, you know, get in the boat, drive around the lake, and you just...
0: Art gave me a considerably more R-rated version when I talked to him about the strange customs that existed there. So I've had an interesting kind of smattering of potential possibilities, including what happens when the power goes out and various other stories. Oh, yeah. As we both know Art, he is... Not short of uh, dramatic
1: representations of these things. So it's. Um- <laughs> you know what? There, there has been debauchery, but uh, I think everybody's older now, and I don't know who would be there. So it really depends. I mean, s- some years there was like, you know, like 20 people, uh, yes. 20 guys, you know, yes. just getting rip roaring wasted (laughs) like hunting rifles everywhere it's like all right but you know what there is an old record player and an eight track in the place Mm. and there is always some part of the day like early evening where everybody is just zoned out of their mind and some eight track is playing like electric light orchestra (laughs) it's like that one hour is worth worth the whole whole trip very good
0: so anyway bruce canopy our stalker continues Rumour has that Tom might be in Adelaide next March. What souvenirs would
1: memorialise this trip for Brandon? Oh, I don't know. Are you really going to be in Adelaide? So my cousin is getting married. Okay. And
0: we are going to Adelaide, probably via New Zealand, because I have family in New Zealand as well that I need to see. It's basically the old relations trip with this wedding thing thrown in. And my wife always goes on and does her own thing when she gets to Australia, so she'll probably have some adventure um maybe with my mother maybe by herself but no i'm definitely going to adelaide because that's the epicenter for this wedding and my anticipation Uh is many possibilities in terms of souvenirs so have a think about that bruce canopy thank you for asking this question and uh we will get back to uh we'll get back to this at some point Sounds good. Kenny <laughs> Horn, who's a real person, he really contacted me, and he said to me, he said to me, Tom Bartley, thanks for the shout-out in episode 10. Yes, I am the lone iTunes reviewer. Everyone should go on to rate and review this podcast. My view, Kenny, is, as I said previously, this is clearly our little secret, and the listeners to Attic Aficionados don't want anyone else submitting questions, so no one has gone out there and reviewed on iTunes except for you, but thank you. Anyway, He he asks... What are your favorite places to spend time that are close to home? The couch is always
1: nice. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: couch. That's a good start.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My friend's house. Webby's house is always nice. You know, in the winter by the fire. That's always great. There's some good pizza places that are good. Yeah, you mentioned in. Las Vegas pizza seems to be a favorite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vegas pizza is good. And uh, how about you? Anything near you?
0: Uh, like- I
1: like Monterey.
0: Monterey is further south. It's a seaside town, but it's not as, I don't know, it's a military, it's a curious town, actually, because it's kind of a military, it's got a military academy, but it's got a bunch of really old houses and the beaches are less populated than further north. And also, we like to go up to wine country. We like to go to Petaluma and Napa, these kind of areas and just forget that we're normally in the san francisco bay area so they're my two favorites he notes actually that his is the riverfront in southwestern indiana and our friend art Webb chimed in that that's where his parents met actually oh really university yeah so like interesting carmine Saratelli jr asks this is not a term that i've heard previously so i'm going to translate it but he asks what's your latest earworm which translates to what song is playing in your
1: head oh so this one annoying song came on the radio. I don't know what store I was in. <laughs> it was in my head. Right now it's uh Sherry by Frankie Valley and the mm. Four Seasons. That's that was in my head today. But um it's uh it's, oh, I don't know. It's uh, I'll sing it. It's Do You Know the Way to Santa Fe Santa Fe. Is that what it's it do is? San way, Jose?
0: Do you know the way to San Jose? <laughs> it's, it's so since right I live right. in San Jose.
1: Dude, a, filthy San Jose Sharks is even worse than I thought. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where it came from. It must have been playing in a store, but yesterday I walked around the whole day and I'm like, I don't know how to get to Santa Fe.
0: <laughs> wow. San Jose! Anyway. <laughs> Very good. Very good. How about so you? For me, I've had a few floating in my head recently. I just, I don't know. It's its always like a day, as you say, it's a day-to-day <laughs> thing. My wife and I have a contest where we try to put the first song in the head in the morning. Which oh, yeah. I always, I always win that, basically. I always have, like, some crazy song that I just put out there, like, first thing in the morning. But, um, yes. Oh, Carmine also asks, what are some of your pet peeps?
1: Hmm. Oh. Well, I never really liked, um... There's this sign. There's two signs out here. I'm sure they're out there. I don't know. Maybe they aren't. <laughs> Since I don't know the difference between San Jose and Santa Fe, but it's um, no turn on red and wait for green. Mm. No one knows the difference here. Well, people do, but many don't. So people come up and there's this sign that says wait for green. And you, unless it says no turn on red, you can turn on red. You go, you stop, you look, you turn on red. Do you have these signs out there? No. Okay. So it's the difference. Clearly- yeah, yeah, PA yeah. Me, yeah. So the difference is, wait for green means there's a turn arrow, so don't try to time the light. You know, like you see mm. the opposite turn in yellow, red. Mm-hmm. and You're like, oh, I'm gonna blow right through. It's gonna turn green. Well, wait for green is you're gonna go through the red because of the turn arrow. But um, wait for green does not mean no turn on red. <laughs> if you're if you're wondering about that, right? And yeah. Anyway,
0: other pit peeves?
1: No, that's. That's uh, my Comcast bill.
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too,
1: mysteriously.
0: Anyway, So, (laughs) for me, it's personal space. For me, personal space is just like, I'll sit down in a restaurant and I'm always really careful. I mean, I guess it's a series of bad experiences being tall, particularly in movie theaters and these kind of things. I'm always really cautious about where I sit. But people that bang into me, like bang into my chair and... It just happens consistently, but just enough to annoy me. And it's quite a curious thing because I, I was thinking about this. We've had a couple of weeks to think about these questions. This is one that just keeps on coming up. It's a personal space thing. It's banging into me continuously. I once went to a sushi restaurant in Vegas that my sister in laws absolutely loved. And the waiter continuously walked into the back of my chair. Like, continuously. And then almost Intentionally. To the, the, anyway, so I think we talked
1: a little bit too much about my psychology. Let's move on from this. No, wait, dude. There's a diner out here if you come in here. Let's mm-hmm. let's go to it, and let's just see how long you can take it, because it's like there's not even a board in between the back seats. They, like, flop forward and back. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so aggravating. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay let's move on my fists are clenched let's move on okay carmine also asked if you were going to be stuck on an island i thought we already had a version of this question but anyway let's continue is if you were going to be stuck on an island and could only bring three things with you what would you bring
1: an infinite supply of peanut butter and jellies sandwiches a boat mm-hmm. and fuel for the boat <laughs> interesting <laughs> interesting I don't you, know. you want to get off the island. I don't yeah, want to get wanna, off the I island. Wanna, yeah, Unless it's <laughs> so, unless Ocean City, Jersey. I don't even know if that's really an island, but anyway. Mm, and you?
0: For me, I would bring my wife. My wife basically would be able to deal with, would be able to make the island into something that I could never even attempt to make the island into. Um, what else would I need? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, just basically my wife and, and my hands and like basic skills, you know, that I have. I don't need anything else. Just that. Let's leave it yeah. with that.
1: But, uh,
0: I, I just, I watched Castaway before I was married, actually. And it struck me that the kinds of things that engineers do, like there's a kind of mindset that engineers have associated with like fixing problems and approaching solutions and this kind of stuff. And I've actually done this out in the middle of nowhere as well, where I had to like survive and learn how to eat like strange roots and things like that just by trial and error. There's a kind of way that you approach life, and I think a desert island with no one else around, I would never leave the island. I'd just basically make it into my utopia. So, Carmen, thank you for asking that question. Ah, uh, another favourite of mine.
1: My fists are still clenched. How do you <laughs> deal with telemarketers? It doesn't seem like they do anything anymore. They don't talk. They just call and nothing happens on the phone. Or the captain blows a boat horn and says you want to mm. cruise. There's actually a <laughs> class action lawsuit against all the cruise companies associated with
0: that very call. <laughs> You could make between $300 and $900, Brandon, based on the number of times you receive that call.
1: I like that horn. This is the captain calling. Uh, <laughs> the, guy, the actual captain? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. I don't know. My perspective is most of the time the telemarketers call on my work phone, which makes it really easy to shut the thing off as quickly as
1: possible. But yeah, it's extraordinary. Absolutely I- extraordinary. Well, they used to call, you know, and, and it would be like a person, but now they just call and and they don't say anything. It's a robot. <laughs> it's a robot. Yeah. yeah we are so... the IRS. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Moving
0: on. Come on, you've got some splendid questions here. Ah, another splendid question. Did you ever
1: eat a booger? Uh, uh no. I, I guess I did probably, like, inhaling one, but I mm. never had the urge to pick my nose and eat it. Mm. Although G- my friend Jim did, mm. often. Yeah Yeah, there was always
0: one kid I mean it's funny actually coming to this question I do have a sense of the texture and the taste Of a booger so I must have done it at some stage But I don't actually have any cognitive recollection Of doing it so What can you say Yeah. What is the oddest thing that you have ever Seen that people have a Collection of
1: Oh Oh, man No that's not even I've seen a collection of like the butterflies And all that but that's not even that odd you know, what's, you know what I think is just weird? People that collect baseball cards now. Because mm. it's going to take like two million <sighs> years for them to be worth anything. <laughs> I'm like, why are they even making them? It doesn't yeah. even matter. You know? Um, what about you?
0: Well, when I went to university, I, I did two degrees at university. I also worked work through university, which is why I got the hell out of Australia. Like literally after the day after my last exam. I didn't even pick up my whatever graduation papers or whatever. I just got the hell out of Australia. One of my degrees is in physics and the physics that I did at university was like the Big Bang Theory. These were kids that basically had broken standardized testing. They were all absolutely batshit crazy. They thought that they were, I mean, the Big Bang Theory doesn't illustrate how crazy physics kids are. There was a, Fellow I went to university with who collected deodorant model posters. Literally, the women who model deodorant, he had a collection of posters of deodorant models. You may wonder why you've never heard of this thing. This is because deodorant models are not the kind of people that you'd want to have all over your wall unless you were completely, uh, utterly psychotic. And I know for a fact that this guy was completely nuts. He stalked a girl for about three years. He eventually wore her down. We were all physics students together. He would suck her nose in public, loudly. That was what he did. He was genuinely disturbed. It's a repressed memory. Thank you once again, come <laughs> You win. One of the physics lecturers <laughs> yeah. literally stopped the class and said, that is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. If you do it again in my class, I'm not going to lecture. Really? Yes. Did you can't imagine the sucking noises that this guy would put out loudly. I mean, the nose is a particular kind of bodily. <laughs> but yeah, this guy was. He clearly had some serious long term issues. He did try to befriend me on Facebook for a short period of time. It didn't last, unfortunately. Oh, right. Which television show or movie, past or present, do you think has the best music? Best music?
1: Mm hmm. Ooh, uh. Like, like just a just a show that uses songs. Uh, I have a favorite, which will illustrate yeah, this yeah, point. But why don't yeah. you? Do you have anything? No, I li- I like the the music they play in Mad Men, but they don't play a whole lot. You, mm. you get like a song at the end of the episode yeah. usually, but I do like it. Go for it. What do you? What do you got? Knight Rider. My view is that the Knight Rider music, in particular, how it's been
0: sampled and resampled and resampled. I don't know. I don't think you can beat Knight Rider. I mean, there are a few shows with some really good scores, and as you note, these kind of things, but in terms of original music, I think the Knight Rider music for me, it was the only thing that came in my head when I heard this guy.
1: Oh, what was that horror show? Um, oh, that was on in the 80s. It had the creepiest music in the beginning. Um, they would show like a lot of nature scenes, but it, they, it was just really eerie. Uh, not the Twilight Zone. X-Files? Oh, no? No, no, it's the 80s. It's um, oh, it's gonna drive me nuts. Unsolved oh, no. mysteries? No. no, it's no, it's not like what a murder of, mystery. It's like a show f- show. And it was, it would, it would be in the same class as like, uh, the Twilight Zone. Mm. But, uh, it's definitely in the 80s and it's like the, it's just music in the beginning. It's real eerie and they'll just show like some woods or like a creek, but it's just mm-hmm. creepy. Uh, oh, dude, that's, oh, I'm not gonna remember it. It's, uh, yeah, make, I don't know. It would make the hair stand up on on my arm, you know? Um, But yeah, Knight Rider's good. Buster Rhymes redid. Oh, yeah. The, that thing is freaking awesome. Yes. Anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's an earworm for you. <laughs> Our friend Onion Eye, most off the wall
0: skit prank you never got to try.
1: Oh, I feel like we got to try them all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Tom, anything?
0: I once nearly participated in an armed revolution and it didn't quite work out that way. Funnily enough, I met the guy who was going to run the revolution again. A friend of mine decided, hey, why don't we put these two guys together after about 20 years? So last time I went to Australia, this guy emerged. He basically had to come out of the jungle, wilderness, and I got to spend a day with him, which was actually pretty cool. Because we both aged 20 plus years, making 22 years. And yeah. yeah, that armed revolution never happened. So, and he actually thanked me. He's like, you memorialized it. You can actually buy the book on Amazon. It's called Field of Chaos, uh, which documents the armed revolution that never happened. Um, but yeah, he kind of thanked me and he said, yeah, like after that, I just realized that terrorism wasn't the way and been doing other things since then. So yeah, so that, that's probably the, uh, most off the wall prank that I never got to try. Has anything come to you, Brandon?
1: No, I – you know what? I kind of – I had a prank I did to London. Mm -hmm. Um, I did do it to him, but I wanted to do it more elaborate. But I may have told you about the the dog food cookies. Did I tell you that? No. No, you never did. There was an Eagles game on, you know, the football game. Mm -hmm. And so I was in the mall that morning, and there's like these gourmet dog stores where they like make – Human looking food for dog oh, taste. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. But this was like when that was all coming out. You know, now it's like um, everywhere. So they had these nice like Donovan McNabb jersey cookies with the green mm. frosting and all these like a football and an Eagles helmet missing mm. that. So I said, Ooh, let me pick up a couple of these. I'll get a nice spread of cookies at the supermarket and I'll put these on top. So I did. I told everyone. Stay away from the friggin' Eagles cookies. Everything else is good. Those are dog food. And then, (laughs) of course, we just watched Lennon dig in. And then he he wasn't even nice about it. I said, how do you like the cookies? And he was like – um, all right, <laughs> and then I told him I said all those cookies you ate were dog food, and uh, yeah, he was all mad about it. But uh, no, mm-hmm. I wanted to do it a little bit more elaborately, you know, maybe maybe make the cookies myself with canned dog food. But um, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. So, <laughs> what do dog food cookies actually taste like? Like, do they taste like meat or? Should I say his phone number on the air so you can ask him?
0: <laughs> Why don't <are> we call him <laughs> up right now? Let's get interactive with regards to the same cinematic aficionados. Very good. So he, he didn't, like, land any ideas. I mean, they kind of smell meaty
1: in general, but I'm not sure what gourmet dog food cookies would smell like. Anyway. He, he said they weren't sweet, I remember mm, him saying, like, savory. I don't know if those – yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very good. That is a good word. It's savory, mm. that yeah, sounds like yeah. <laughs> Onion Eye also asks, "Longest time stayed awake." Is Onion Eye art? Because that just sounds like a name art would put on. I'm on a wondering. Question.
0: Look, I'm very suspicious about a few of these listeners, <laughs> and quite frankly, yeah, Onion Eye strikes me as could potentially be
1: any person. But
0: anyway, longest time stayed awake.
1: maybe like two days. Mm, That's probably it. Mm. How about about you? Three (laughs) three weeks?
0: (laughs) No, no, no. Three days
1: is my record.
0: It was at university. I dated this Jewish girl for a few years, and when we broke up, we broke up in really bad circumstances. Like, I was literally going to Israel to study, had a scholarship, all this stuff lined up. Anyway, I stayed awake for three days solidly, and yes, the hallucinations do get good in the third day that's all i have to say associated with that
1: you know ted i asked ted one time what happens if um brother if Mm -hmm. you uh what happens if you just don't go to sleep and you stay awake someone just keeps you awake and he said you eventually die from like like a fever like your temperature Mm -hmm. gets too hot is that is that true Uh,
0: i didn't get to that stage there was a thing in the uk where they were trying to fake people going to the moon or they were trying to get people to train as astronauts, but it was just some strange reality TV show. And that had them staying awake for five days. You'd completely lose track of, like, time and reality. I think your organs would just eventually shut down. I mean, it's toxic more than anything. Sleep is really necessary in order to, like, remove a bunch of waste from the body. But, yeah, I I just remember the hallucination aspect of it and the fact that i slept for probably... I don't know, 18-plus hours when I finally slept. Like, my body was just shot. So, not a pleasant experience.
1: Yeah, it doesn't sound a.
0: Speaking of not pleasant experiences, <laughs> Mike Black asks... <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is his question. <sighs> Blackout drinking experiences? Question mark.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, how do you even remember it? <laughs> I was like, bite my brownie? Uh, Very good. I don't know.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I don't know. My experiences
1: have...
0: I, I should probably point out, I haven't drunk alcohol for many, many years. I stopped drinking alcohol when I came to this country, and then I stopped again, as you do, uh, in the UK for a period of time. But when I drank alcohol, I typically had a really high alcohol tolerance, and I would travel, particularly in Southeast Asia, and I'd go to these places where beer was like five cents. And I had one evening where I was in this island... And after about two hours of drinking, everyone else had completely passed out. And I wasn't talking like one person. I'm talking like 50, 60 people drinking out on the beach. And, you know, I don't know. I've never had a blackout experience. My body will get rid of alcohol, or has historically. But I've never had a blackout drinking experience. And like I say, I stopped a long time ago. Any close brushes with death? It's another Mike
1: Black question. Ooh, dude, I almost got crushed by one of those trucks with a dumpster on the back of it. Mm. Um, Yeah, I was just at an intersection sitting there, and uh, I was just sitting there. And then there was a car next to me, and the light turned green. I was going to go, and uh, the guy in the turn lane, who had the right-of-way as well, he just stopped real quick. He kind of started to go before me, and then he stopped, and I just – looked over to see that and this dude wickedly ran a red light with um just a huge truck with one of those Mm. giant dumpsters and i was like oh and i mean he ran it really late and he i could see his face when he ran it it was like wow dude i was like i'm so glad that guy stopped so eh, that wasn't too close but it was you know i don't know if i would have saw it but anyway Mm. yeah thailand 1995, it would have
0: been. Coming up from Malaysia, probably the same trip associated with the people passing out on the beach. Yeah, I went to this town and pissed off the locals and jumped on the back of a motorcycle. There was gunfire going on behind me as I got the fuck out of that town and tipped the guy, you know, a good sum of money to get out of southern Thailand. There was some strange... I don't know what it was. was There was a movie recently that you got me to watch which was uh like a rambo movie i think which has like yeah. the strangest plot of him just traveling through the waterway and, yeah you yeah know, these these guys out to get him i had that kind of experience in southern thailand where i just took the wrong turn ended up in the wrong town asked the wrong questions took photos of their guns and then just had to get the hell out so yeah that's probably the closest and of course countless flights to and from australia on united but let's move <laughs> from that uh-huh. Uh-huh. But these all questions are all the same question. What's the most
1: frightening experience you've ever been through? I think we've oh, covered that. Anyway, yeah. continue. Oh, well, I, ate, I, I ate at Red Lobster one time. Oh that's my goodness! A, 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 no, yeah, that's a- oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it. Netflix. The, sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. But this Netflix mug, I can't stop feeling it and rubbing it. It feels like like freshly baked ink and clay, dude. And it mm. it's awesome. You Very want it good. back? You want me to mail it back to you?
0: No, I've, I've got plenty of mugs. I've got plenty okay. Of mugs, but enjoy Dude,
1: it. Enjoy it's. it. I'm enjoying it. I don't even need coffee. It's awesome. Very good. Uh, yes. Okay. So go ahead. <laughs> John via Twitter
0: asks, without naming names, unless the person is Raycon, what's the worst habit of a former roommate?
1: Oh, leaving your friggin' underwear on the kitchen counter and <laughs> how about not doing the dishes for a whole year or never... Taking the trash out for a whole year. Those are pretty Mm. crappy. Uh, Oh, but you know what? I did have to put a padlock on the bathtub because, (laughs) you know, the bathtub's got this thing. You pull it up and it stops the the shower head from working so you can fill the tub. No, it was the opposite. You had to push it down. Either way, I put a padlock on that and that (laughs) made it so that you could not fill the bathtub. You could only take a shower because you'd have this ring of funk around there and be like, yo, come on, dude what are you taking baths for? But yeah, that was, I hated that dude. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and Are these all right? Come, are they all right? Come related? No, no, really? Oh no, just, no,
1: Okay. no, okay. definitely not. No. Very uh, good. Yeah. Just other roommates.
0: <laughs> very good. Yeah. I very successfully avoided roommates for the majority of my life, but I did live on campus for a short period of time. Well, a couple of years. And the first year I was there, there was a fellow and it was a, Uh, What do you call it? Both men and women stayed at this college thing on campus. And there was a fellow who was a Catholic. It was run by nuns. And there was a fellow who was somehow connected with one of the nuns but got to stay on campus. And one night, late at night, I was out walking or something. And I saw him just walking by, just wearing a bra and panties, which he'd obviously stolen from someone. (laughs) And he was just like a really strange character anyway. And I kept on walking, and I, I didn't see that. I didn't say that. But it did come up in passing that other people had seen him also walking just in a bra and panties around late in the evening. And I think eventually word got back to the nuns, and eventually he was removed, accordingly. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's really the only experience I've had, aside from, well, just living on campus. Adam Sarsky
1: <laughs> asks, What was the most trouble you got in as a kid? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean no, there's always it's, I don't know what what makes one thing worse than the other mm-hmm. you know i I remember we were hitting cars with snowballs one time, mm-hmm. and uh I was making a snowball, bent down making it, and some 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 one of the other guys being this car, and before I knew it, this guy was like a foot from me, I mean he pulled over and was like hauling after us, and everybody was running, I was like, Oh my God, this guy is gonna get me and uh For some reason, he started chasing my friend, like who was the next in line. And my friend yells, I'm not with them. And for some reason, that worked. And I must have been like. 11 and he went he then he just chased me down I mean this was like a 28 like year old guy you know he chased me down and grabbed me and there was like a parked car and he just slammed me against the car I was like do you know what you're gonna do to somebody's car I was like I didn't even throw that I was still making my snowball and then like he just like roughed me against the car a little bit and then left but I was like oh dude I was like I didn't even get to throw the snowball I was like what do you mean you're not with them I was like why are you running with like five guys covered in snow <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good That
0: is pretty good Yes I grew up in probably the most In terms of just general levels of strictness Both my parents were pretty well off the charts A friend of mine once smuggled It was some kind of paper cigarette thing that he'd made With lawn clippings And he hid it um under my bed It took my mother like I don't know Literally just a couple of days to find it Much to my friend's amusement But I think probably... The worst trouble I got into when I was at school was associated with a screwdriver. And I did the lighting in the school. And the guy I did the lighting with was just a complete miscreant. And he stole the screwdriver and then said that I'd stolen the screwdriver. And, yeah, that was really the worst trouble I got into because basically they withhold everything from me and had to plead my case that I hadn't actually taken the screwdriver. But really... um. No snowball throwing, unfortunately, in my part of the world. <laughs> Best public free up meltdown you have ever seen.
1: Oh, dude, I saw these guys at Home Depot <laughs> f- freaking out at each other. They weren't like gonna fight, but they 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 weren't going to, but they were mm-hmm. like yelling as if they were. But. The one guy was like butting in front of somebody else and he was complaining and then another guy decided to jump in and mm-hmm. so these two guys end up arguing about waist size and this one guys, like somebody – they weren't even like big guys. They, like, they weren't like fat but the, the one guy said something and he was like, oh yeah, like – and he was like oh like you need exercise and then the other guy starts going on about like i get more exercise than you and the other guy's like well you're waist size you need to do this and like before you know it they're comparing waist sizes and screaming at each other i was dying it was awesome the guy's like oh, i'm not 42 <laughs> I, like, I was like this is the funniest thing ever but they were like they were getting close to fighting, but they, they didn't. Mm. But it, it was just bizarre. But um, that yes. was a pretty... Yeah, yeah. Okay, your turn. The same teacher who complained that I brought my pencils to school in a sock
0: was, what did you call it, walking the yard, let's just say that, like, you're through, you know, through some lunch time, what have you. Actually, I think it was recess from memory. A kid broke a window. There was always kids playing hand tennis nearby a large plate glass window. The kid broke the window and this teacher lost her shit. Like really seriously, shouting belligerently. But yeah, that was probably the worst thing that I've ever seen. And I've never seen an adult just completely yeah, melt down like that one experience, which stays in my mind. There was a term at the time, which unfortunately comes from the Simpsons, you know, don't have a cow. My friend turned to me and said, she's not having a cow. She's having an entire beef industry. And I thought this is just like an exact description of this particular one. <laughs> huh. Huh. Sports rivalry and fan fights at sporting events. This again is an Adam Sarsky question.
1: Yeah, sports rivalries.
0: Hmm.
1: Mm. I don't know. There's so many sports rivalries. Got to be more specific. Uh, yes,
0: I'm feeling that this is an Adam Sarsky theme. I'm going to get back to Adam Sarsky on his remaining questions. We need more specifics.
1: Yes, yes. Sport? What sports, what divisions, and then we'll go thoroughly indulging. Very good. We need details. We need need details. Yeah, no college sports. I have no information on those. Very good. (laughs) Devon Stoll asks, craziest thing you saw while,
0: and I added a few of these, tripping on psychedelic drugs, hot peppers, or food poisoning. What's some of the craziest things you've ever experienced in any of those particular situations, Brandon?
1: Nothing. Just... Nausea Nausea (laughs) Nausea and bile coming out of my mouth
0: Very good Yeah, Yeah.
1: sorry (laughs) my,
0: My view is it's not the I've already talked about this But the turkey I put in food poisoning specifically To have my vision reboot was actually really scary I've had fevers in particular where I've had problems with my vision But to have my vision reboot and like to lose sight for a period of time And these kind of things really freaked me out So it's not the craziest thing I've seen. It's the craziest thing I've not seen through these things. What is the worst injury you
1: have ever witnessed? Wait, I got a pet peeve. It just came to me. Very good. (laughs) Do you mind? (laughs) Uh, You know, you used to say like, hey, what's up, Tom? How are you? And Tom would say, oh, I'm doing good. But now everybody says, I'm well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I cannot freaking stand it. I'm like, you're not well, dude. Just say good. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm well. And you? I'm like, oh, stop saying well. It sounds so stupid. Okay. Um, Worst injuries? Mm. No, nah, nothing. Just annoying stuff. Got a herniated disc. Uh, mm. Some busted wrists. Stuff like that. Worst scene or happened to, uh, happen to me? Worst
0: injury you have witnessed,
1: so seen. Oh, witness. Oh, No, I don't know, because you see all stuff online and stuff on YouTube, so I don't know what I've seen in person, probably somebody's leg break or something like that, I don't even remember. Mm.
0: Yeah, the stuff that I witnessed in Malaysia was pretty extreme, particularly associated with car wrecks, and I think in general, I once took a wrong turn down an alley in Penang, which is an island of Malaysia. And it was just the worst possible, like, auto accidents you can imagine associated with cars and various points of slicing and dicing. I didn't witness any of those, but it gave me a clear indication that there is a vast quantity of ways that people can die in car accidents. Anyway, Stephen Vaughan asks, Ah, a much more levelling and light-hearted question from Stephen Vaughan. The coveted adult magazine as an adolescent. Which publication was it? How did you acquire it? from a pile of magazines thrown away by your neighbor's wife, from another kid at school, etc.
1: Brandon. There there was like a fort that was like an abandoned store and everybody like would go in and you'd Mm -hmm. go in the back of this place and hang out. And there was like, it was like right on the major highway. And I remember being like, dude, this is like the coolest thing. This is like an old store we get to go in. And then there was like a stack of like, I think it was jugs. That's what it was called.
0: I believe yes. was
1: and like some of the older like tougher kids they had like their room like people had like their rooms like these guys were gonna hang out in this room and it's like oh i'll take any room <laughs> like, this is really cool and then like that was it it's like yeah all right and then there were some some in the woods too sometimes there's like a, a pond and there were some woods and stuff <laughs> but yeah nothing too thrilling but listen before i um forget this because i keep forgetting to ask you this uh, I have a model railroading question, but go mm. ahead. You're... Go ahead.
0: No, no, you ask a model railroading question, then I'll get to
1: my somewhat what? degenerate answer. <laughs> what do... What do model railroading enthusiasts think of Thomas? You know, Thomas the oh, train. so,
0: and- like, there's always these gateway things, and I think wargaming enthusiasts similarly allow for... So we talked about fighting fantasy books, for example. That was like a gateway into certain kinds of role-playing. I think in general... Anything that gets kids interested in trains is a positive thing, because most of the folks are, like, you know, purchasing deceased estates and things. The smell of death is always in the air associated with the mobile railroading hobby. And in general, I think people are sympathetic. Even the Lego stuff. I mean, people don't do it, but they're sympathetic that, you know, these Lego trains and these kind of things are getting new eyes and new people interested. It's a very normalized hobby in that regard.
1: Okay. Yeah, I didn't know if it was like, oh, that's not real. You know, like, that's not... But, yeah, that's kind of cool.
0: The whole thing of that's not real is the whole model railroading hobby. Like, I think model railroaders are almost all realists, even the folks that are absolutely obsessive about getting every blade of grass perfect for 1956, you know, some place in New Jersey. At, at 7.30 in the morning on October 12th, there were, you know... 14 Mikado locomotives traveling at 10 miles an hour, except for number 48637 that was traveling at 11 miles an hour. So these kind of people, even they are sympathetic to the fact that kids playing with trains is probably a good thing for the hobby in general. So there is no real Thomas hate. It's a right say the things that people are very particularly passionate about are their particular areas within this hobby, but they appreciate that there are so many different people that all have different proclivities and kids playing with i mean look if it gets them into the hobby and it gets them interest in trains so much the better
1: yeah cool okay i um there's like the huge thomas like the real train mm-hmm. uh coming to a thing near us you know thomas mm-hmm. and percy and i was like oh we'll take the kids and see that you know
0: Definitely.
1: And, and uh and then i was thinking about that i'd been thinking about it for a while and i was like oh i gotta ask tom mm. you know very but, normative, um, actually. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people... So we've got...
0: It's a steam, This is Stephen Ward's question associated with that. But Stephen Ward's father was called into Model Rail Radio as well. And Stephen Ward's father is, like, absolutely obsessed with trains and is clearly empowered. I mean, there's this generational thing associated with fathers and grandfathers, which is very important, and occasionally, you know, granddaughters and things like this. I mean, it's a very normative hobby, surprisingly normative, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, cool. So, from that, let's talk about my experience associated with pornography as a young child. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, Many, a horrible time to segue, but. Uh.
0: You, that was the segue, right? Stephen Bourne asked. Yeah. For me, <laughs> basically, the paper, anything that was physical would never, as I explained, associated with the fake cigarette <laughs> that my friend smuggled into my house. There was no way I was going to have any pornography in the house. So, my yeah. only experience with pornography was associated with finding it in the wild. Uh, yeah, at later times in high school, there were always kids with jugs magazines. I'm not sure what the story is with jugs, but they must just be marketing to high school age kids. But the one thing, my first experience with pornography was we went, well, I must have been 11 at the time and we went over to a guy's house to watch Revenge of the Nerds, which at the time was what most of us highbrow, you know, 10, 11 year olds thought would be pornography anyway. But no, at the end of that, some kid had found in a dumpster, What was it called? It was called Party Pissing 3. It was a German urination movie, which he decided to put on very suavely and debonairly. You have never seen so much urination and so much just filth. Uh. (laughs) And it was like, (laughs) the kids were like, everyone was just absolutely shocked and stunned. (laughs) No one could like, some of us were kind of turning away at some points. But yeah, that was the first exposure that I had to uh, pornography. And uh, it sticks with me. To lift
1: it, <laughs> <laughs> I had a buddy rent a movie. This was great. It was on his parents' his parents' yeah. membership. You know, this is VHS yes. days, and so. he rents over um ben, ben, bend over Brazilian babes, like eight or something. But but I'm pretty sure that's the name of it. Yeah. I'm not sure about the number. So he loses it. And, of course, the phone calls are coming in and they start leaving messages on his parents' answering machine. And they're freaking out. I, we owe, like, $75 for this movie and what are you doing renting this? I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. He swore that I took it so that they would do that. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not that smart. But thank you. Very good. Very yeah.
0: good. Max <laughs> Susky, who may be, may be in relation to, uh, to Adam Susky. And anyway, Max Susky asks... He had a question for you, Brandon. Kind of random, yep. but on the recent podcast, you talked about listening to swap and chop. Oh, and yeah. He asks, did you hear Richard and Saul
1: from Howard Stern call into them before? No, no. Um, it's just uh swap shop, not swap. Oh, and it's shop. not
0: swap and chop. Okay, so this yeah, is a different. So this is a different. It might AM be a different show.
1: Yeah, it might be this one. You you won't pick it up unless you're within like ten miles of Westchester like okay. you yeah uh you drive if i drive like 30 minutes it's gone <laughs> you Very know good. so but he could be listening to it and people you can just call up and get on the air like and, mm. and you you can i don't i did don't the,
0: do they, they, they have a prank
1: Do they want a
0: prank call yeah
1: oh yeah yeah I, i've heard it i heard it before and but the host is like so awesome he just like i don't know the way he handles just it, rolls is just, with so it. Fo- just rolls with it and then it's gone you know like all right yeah. there's some pranksters <laughs> you know but it's a cool
0: show it's cool definitely definitely dave smith asks is made in the usa actually good quality anymore was it ever
1: yeah it was it's funny like um the like some of the toys i i have and like and my daughter do- and i pass them on to my daughter now but like the fisher price little people like there's something i was looking at the other day and it was it, i looked at the date and i was like oh it's like From 1962. I was like, geez, I'm a hoarder. (laughs) Like, we hold on to some stuff, but it's, it was like made in like Illinois. And I was like, and Mm. it's, it's awesome. It still works like really well. But, um, and I probably mentioned this before, some of the pieces, like they have the, they're like retro ones made and they're made in China Mm. now, but they're like Target has them and they have like a vintage box, but it's like the same, the same toy. I mean, basically it's like the same toy with, but it's all plastic now. There's no Mm. like wood, but, uh, yeah, I mean, the thing still works, still got a merry ground. still goes around, so I I guess in that sense, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's an interesting thing. When I came to this country in 2000, I was working with a guy. We, we never talk about politics on ethnic aficionados, and I think that's probably a particularly good thing, but this guy had a particular political persuasion, and made in the USA was like his religion. He drank pink lemonade, amongst other things. And, um... He was trying to make modems in the US in the 2000s and sell them made in the USA as big modems. Um, yeah, I don't know. For me, I agree. Like there's a, there's a golden age of American industry, which is just absolutely extraordinary. And whenever you can get something from that period of time, my in-laws are big fans of this as well, but they buy or they have major machining things like things that basically machine submarines and stuff in their backyard because that's the kind of stuff that they used to do as you say they're made in the 1940s 1950s really heavy but have lasted all this time and have moved from military to civilian service and yeah there's some pretty amazing stuff out there anyway
1: yeah yeah i don't know why like um like gift bags aren't made here i'm like why can't we just even make gift bags just paper folded up they throw it away and buy it again i'm like come on all gift bags should be made here i can't think gift bags soon uh, <laughs> anyway let's dave smith
0: asks the goaltender the glove hand of the yes. north yes your friend dave smith i have a friend called dave smith as well anyway take us through a day in the life of tom and brand should i start or should you start <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll take
1: me 10 seconds so yeah go ahead
0: for me a weekday i work at netflix four days a week i work from home friday sometimes i go in on friday but i'm usually working from home on friday so monday through thursday i get into work typically around nine i have to deal with the freeways getting in anyway
1: get into work <laughs> i can and, feel the heat from that breath coming <laughs> anyway get into work
0: (laughs) usually with at least half my body still intact and um i don't know i mean i do a lot of stuff at netflix i've been there six years now so it's uh, not as many meetings as it once was the only thing that people have really seen that i've worked on we actually see it has been downloads that was a feature that i worked on last year for ios And most of the stuff, if I'm doing my job well, you would never know that I'm doing my job. That's the whole nature of what I do at Netflix. And mainly just seeing continued improvements, like seeing that things don't break and a bunch of other stuff. And get finished at about, I don't know, it varies. I've had some late nights this week, but in general, typically out of the office between 5.30 and 6 which is one of the things I love about working at Netflix, that I don't have to go in early in the morning. Well, sometimes I'm up early in the morning working, but I don't have to actually be in the office. And I don't stay late at night. I've had maybe a few times where I've had to stay late, but I'll usually just come home and work, because that's the way the internet is. Uh, Come home, typically have an evening meal with my wife, and then I go and do the garden-related stuff, and then I come back, and sometimes I read, sometimes I edit podcasts, sometimes I compose music, sometimes I do a bunch of stuff, and then I get a bed. And that's a typical day for me. Brandon, for you.
1: Oh, okay. Well, right now, I mean, it changes, but right now... I'll be painting in no particular order. Uh, we're doing some renovations, so it's just mm. been painting. Painting this yes. morning, painting yesterday, painting yesterday, and the day before yesterday, and yes. painting more ceilings. And then um, when I'm done painting, I'll be cutting tile and tiling. <laughs> and then Pretty after good. I'm done tiling, I'll be moving things. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy Um, and do this quite often i'll like move things from one side of the room to the other and reorganize and then move things again and then like i'll put up shelves with like action figures and then while i'm putting them up i'll be like i i wonder like how actually how many weeks it'll be before i take these down and move them somewhere else (laughs) and then uh and then i'll film something and then i'll Mm. edit it and then i won't release it Mm. <laughs> I do this over and That's over again yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and I have a shed that I ran electric to so I don't know how to connect electric but I can run the wires around and then mm-hmm. um, I can get my brother to connect the electric because I don't want to volt myself but uh, so then I want to um, – I'll be drywalling the shed and basically getting it ready for some uh, winter Mortal Kombat battery. Mm-hmm. um and then moving more stuff around um and playing with millie and dean and oh uh, well, this just goes on and on and cooking dinners and stuff like that
0: pretty good very yeah. good we do have an attic update coming up and i have many questions associated with that but we'll get to that when we get to it dave smith also asks
1: have you ever gotten
0: into a fist fight if so tell the story
1: Oh, yeah, one time this kid, um, in, like, seventh grade was, like, uh, some girl wanted to have him, um, I guess some girl was, like, his scum guy was, like, picking on a girl, and then, uh. So there was two guys. There was another guy with my same first name, <laughs> and so the girl told this guy that this dude was doing it. Then he just approached me and wanted to fight, and we were in like seventh grade, so mm. we just punched each other. He actually um came up behind me and pulled my book bag. I kind of would carry it over my shoulder and hold it with one hand, mm. and it broke it broke my finger, and um mm. and then. So I punched him in the eye and he was like, you punched me in the face. And I was like, well, you just told me we were going to fight. And then we were just like punching each other and like wrestling around like seventh graders do. And uh but the funniest thing about that was is um when I went to the uh, hospital because my finger was like bent and broken, this dude like wrapped my finger and I'll never forget it. He had like a tool belt on. And and I was sitting in a hallway, and he wrapped my finger up. And I was like, "This isn't a doctor. It was like a, like a janitor." I'll never Welcome to it. California hospital experience. To continue. Well, I didn't say anything. I never said anything. So I he wrapped it, and I was like, "This is like crooked. It's like if you've ever seen a re- a reach toothbrush sideways. Yeah. That's what it looked like." So. This is – uh, so he wrapped it. I just figured, well, this guy knows what he's doing. He's in the hospital. Then <laughs> I figured it's going to heal and it will grow right. Like they did something. Well, of course it didn't. So when I took the thing off, I was like, oh. And then the doctor was like, oh, it's it healed crooked. And I was like, yeah. I was like, well, how do we get it straight? And he's like, well, we can break it again. I was like, let's get out of here. <laughs> I was like, you know, just forget it, man. I'd never forget that guy's tool belt though. I was like, he has mm-hmm. jeans on and he's got like tape on a belt. I'll never forget that. So yeah, yeah. and then yeah, all other things with friends and stuff like that. Mm. You know, yeah. I I have a similar
0: California hospital experience, which has got nothing to do with a fist fight. But returning to the fist fight, I got into very few fights at school, primarily because of my size, also because of my humor. But I've had situations where kids have like thrown themselves at me and I've just literally picked them up and thrown them. Um, there was one time where a guy tried to attack me with a knife, again trying to show off for some girls, and that didn't end very well for him. I basically grabbed his hand and immediately like thrust it towards a wall and his hand went down the blade. I grew up in a relatively conflict-centric <laughs> environment. There was one time actually where I was walking and this guy ran up behind me. And it was completely pitch black. I was literally walking down an alleyway and this guy came up behind me at pace, obviously trying to start something. And I let out this guttural growl, like some kind of like animalistic growl. And the guy literally stopped, skidded, and ran in the opposite direction because I just scared the fuck out of him by making this sound, which I cannot (laughs) do in general good company. But obviously walking down a dark alleyway with some idiot running up behind you, I'm I'm capable of doing. But no, I've never actually I've never actually gotten into a fist fight. Like I've gone into confrontations, but I've always had ways of ending them very rapidly. Because my view is that if you're getting into a fist fight, you're not you want the thing to end. You don't want to have some protracted situation associated with it. So, <laughs> not a fist fighting man. <laughs> anyway. uh, here we go. This is another Dave Smith question. If you were forced to get a tattoo, what would it be? And then he says, "I take it neither of you have tattoos."
1: That's correct. Well, at least for me and you. Yeah, you don't have. A I, tattoo.
0: I have a bunch of scars, but let's let's talk about if we were forced to get a tattoo.
1: If I was forced, uh, mm-hmm. I guess I'd get like a full back pirate ship. <laughs> Well, if they're forcing me, I I don't want to go small because they might not be satisfied. So then I'm going to have to get two tattoos. Uh, I would get a Calgary Flames tattoo if I had to get something. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah i would
0: um i don't know i'd probably get like my i've had various social security numbers not in this country but in the places i've lived i've had various (laughs) numbers that are equivalent to social security numbers i would get all these identification numbers probably just tattered on my arm kind of concentration camp style and just leave it at that but like if you've had a toe removed or like i've had bone grafts i've had a chunk of my hip taken out and put in my mouth these are real scars and these are scars that will leave indelible impressions on any mortician that has to touch my body so my view is yeah scars really nasty scars are just as good as tattoos we are coming to the end of the recording actually quite naturally we've got dave smith's movie of the week do you have a movie recommendation brendan
1: mm, i'm gonna recommend a show okay. um and Mad Men. If you haven't watched Mad Men, go watch it. I think I always say this, but, boy, I thoroughly like it. And, okay, I'm going to give you a movie. Since we talked about Van Dam earlier, mm. I'm sure everyone who's listening, both people, you've both watched <laughs> Double Impact. But if you haven't, Tom, go watch two Van Dams in one movie. It's freaking awesome. And uh, that is my movie. It's Pretty question. good.
0: My recommendation is Pilgrimage, which is a new movie. It's got John Bernthal in it, and he's far better than when he was in The Accountant. If you like, the period is 12th century, I think, maybe 13th century. Uh, Very well done. It's a film that's got a bunch of nihilism in it, and I've watched it twice now, and I'll go back and watch it again. The Pilgrimage is my recommendation. Dave Smith Book of the Week. I'm going to recommend a book called Voluptuous Panic, The Erotic World of Weimar, Berlin by Mel Gordon. It is a very curious book about how, I have this theory, like when you think of NASA and when you think of certain accounting practices and certain technology, all came from the Nazis. My view is that pornography also all comes from the Nazis, and Voluptuous (laughs) Panic is a start.
1: Um, I don't have any books. I think we know that by now.
0: Very good. I wasn't even asking for a book. I've given up on your book recommendation of the week, Brandon. Let's just move on. We are now in the section of the recording associated with my topics. Unless we want, Do you want to do your topics first, or should we do my topics? Let's just do your topics. Not your topics? Mine are never worthy. Oh, no, some of them are, I think are worthy. Anyway, let's start oh. with mine.
1: <laughs> okay, let's go.
0: The Nemesis. Any arch enemies through your life?
1: Yes, the entire Tampa Bay Lightning organization. They're mm. filthy cheaters, and they stole the 2003 Stanley Cup. They, they cheated. They should not have it. Stripped them of it and dumped them all into the sea. I can't stand them. Okay, yes.
0: The Nemesis has been a part of my life dating back to when I first went to school and my first experience with school bullies and these kind of things. I now have very strange Nemesis. I have Nemesis that exist in the real world in really curious ways. There is a comedian or an alleged comedian who is currently running a tour called Noble Ape. And he is my current nemesis. I am avoiding any reference of this fellow as his lawyers have threatened me based on the fact that I have been developing my open source simulation for 21 odd years now. In the past, it's been people like Richard Dawkins who's ripped off some of the stuff that I was looking after. A wide variety of people who are real people that actually exist out there that have become my nemesis for various reasons. But they continue and they will no doubt be continuing into the future. But once this fellow has finished his comedy tour, we'll see what Noble 8 comes out with. Hmm. Could be interesting times for Noble. Anyway. <laughs> Let us continue. Ever dabbled in puppets and ventriloquism?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, dude. I had a um I had a puppet. I asked for a puppet for Christmas mm-hmm. one year and from the Sears catalogue. And I got this uh it was like the one puppet you got to pick from. And uh boy, it's hard to do the M sound without moving your lips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a book I could read on it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, you have to do
0: it in your throat. It's like, mm, 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 mm. Mm. ah, <laughs> oh, All
1: these cookies taste great. <laughs>
0: mm. <laughs> when I was a boy, I loved ventriloquism. In fact, it got to the point where obviously I wasn't going to be getting my access to see us. CS- Catalog puppets or anything like that. All it takes is a, a lone sock and some time on my hands. I used to do it all the time. My brothers got a video camera once and tape me doing, you know, sock puppetry with ventriloquism. And I always do like really raunchy humor because obviously they're socks. So I mean, what else can you do? But yeah, I used to really love doing ventriloquism puppetry. I've had various people contact me and say that they can make elaborate puppets for me as well. And I've never taken them up on their offer because it's just another thing that I can have. But as I'm looking here, I have a, it's not even a puppet, it's a mime, uh, that I picked up when I was in Paris when I was four. And that thing has stuck with me my entire life. So I think eventually I'm probably going to have to get into puppetry seriously because uh, it's a fun thing.
1: You know, uh, we haven't talked about action figures at all and there is a puppet that comes with, uh, it's in the Masters of the Universe world. Oh, yes. It's- um it is the Evil Horde playset uh has like this hole in the wall and it comes with this uh snake thing. It's like a rubber puppet you put mm. your hand over and so you put you put your arm through and you bite him in and you know it's it's like you're forced to use a puppet. But it was pretty cool. And um Mayan, I put it safely in storage and it disintegrated. It's oh, like wow. crumbled into tiny little pieces. I still have it, but it's I don't know why I still have it. The wrong kind of plastic. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it was pretty cool. But uh, I forgot about that thing. Hmm. Mm. Favorite soup. Oh, I, we, we did do this. Uh, I
0: think we did this. What we talked about was many
1: different kinds of soups, but I don't think we ever got the favorite soup. Favorite. Again. Oh, you know what? Gunner used to make this New England clam chowder. Mm. I drive him to work and he would give me one of two items, <laughs> either either a giant styrofoam cup of New England clam chowder that was in the wintertime. Mm. And uh, dude, Gunner, that was some awesome soup. You should have a soup wagon um that you pull on your back through the town. But or he'd give me a tuna log, which was just mm. a tuna hoagie packed with a ton of meat. But yes, Gunner's. The New England clam chowder for me. Mm. Yeah, how about you, Thomas?
0: I love pork-based soups. I don't know. It's probably my Jewish ancestry, I can't say. But I just love creamy pork-based soups of a wide variety of different possibilities. We talked about pozzoli previously, which is the Mexican version, a bunch of Korean versions. I think there are various Italian pork bone soups. But yeah, if it's got pork bones in it, I'm there. I've got a (laughs) series of questions that relate to a somewhat... Strange experience that I had. I'm going to put these out here anyway. <laughs> Male bonding hugs versus handshakes.
1: Oh, it's all so weird. It is. Why do they have to even have handshakes? <clears throat> yeah, uh, you know what's funny? I did some comic cons and um, <laughs> like I would shake people's hands and uh, like so many people were like, "You're the only person that like shakes hands here. Everybody else just fist bumps you." And I was like, "Why thought we had to shake hands? My hands like covered in crap now." But um. I don't mind that much, but hugging, I don't know what the hell that is. (laughs) So, So,
0: this this is a traumatic experience. In fact, I think all these questions were written around this traumatic experience. We have no police in our area, quite literally. Like, in our area, there are just no police. Where you are now? In San Jose, yeah. And the last year, there was a double homicide like a street away. Within a mile radius of my house last year, 15 people were murdered. You can hear the gunshots periodically in the evening. Oh. And I organised the mayor, a local council member, and the police captain at the time to come to a community meeting associated with the gun violence. The police captain, the former police captain, showed up and said, don't call 911 unless you're being murdered because we're not going to come. And there were like 80 people there. Everyone like couldn't believe it. The new police captain arrived last week in our area And when I told him what the previous police captain he said, he said, "Uh, how many of you were at that meeting? Did he really say that? And everyone raised their hand. This guy, basically, I put on edge for 40 minutes and he started hugging me. The police captain started hugging me for a period of time and I realized I'm never hugged. Like no one ever hugs me. (laughs) And it was the strangest possible thing. The second question is most annoying thing you ever broke. And there's a follow on associated with this police captain
1: story. Most, uh, most what
0: I ever Annoying broke? thing you ever broke. Like the thing that really pisses
1: you off when you think about breaking it. Oh, the lights in my basement. There's like eight light switches. Mm. Oh no, I didn't break it, but I wanted to break it. <laughs> I just wanted to destroy the light switches. Um, Oh, I'm sure there's something I smashed. Okay. You better go. I came home from this
0: experience being hugged by this man that I've never met previously. It was quite an attractive man, but nonetheless, it was a very strange experience. (laughs) We have this ritual associated. We have an upstairs... We have a couple of upstairs... Well, three upstairs air conditioning units, but the one in our bedroom requires you to physically drain it with a glass jug. Our bathroom, when we first moved into this place, was from some kind of Saw movie. It was just like a horror film bathroom. (laughs) We made sure every house guest that came through the house used the bathroom and commented on how horrible the bathroom was. Let's put it this way. When they took the bathroom apart, they found a wooden beam inside the bathroom that was just solid black mold. It was horrible. Anyway, gutted the entire bathroom, put in Ah. absolutely new fixtures, everything new, shiny, and a shower that my wife picked out with a glass frontage. Came home doing the ritual associated with unfilling the bedroom air conditioning and put a tiny little crack in the glass frontage of the thing because I thought I was exhausted coming home from this insane meeting with this police kid, and uh, just didn't realise that the glass was in there and basically threw the water and glass hitting glass and left a tiny little crack. But it's just frustrating the crap out of me every time I see it because it reminds me of this traumatic experience. Anyway, <laughs> that's mine. Moving on. Now we're into <laughs> your questions. We've talked about Lee Webb's cabin. We'll. Return to that at future recordings. Video game sounds and how they are created.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a question for you. Like, how do they make the sounds in, like, uh, I don't know, the, like Pac-Man? How do they make the sound pac mans like, wah, 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 wah. You know, like, oh, how do they, so how they make that? Oh, so based on
0: frequency. So when I first started writing games, I carried around a little disc container with literally the pitches in hertz. And if you understand things about sound, which really, I guess I was 13 at the time, You just mix various frequencies and frequencies that change to get, like, wah-wah sounds and these kind of things. But these days, they, like, do proper recordings. Like, even back in the 90s, they were still recording, like, World War Two guns and stuff for, you know, games that were based on the Second World War. So I think game sounds... I mean, if you're talking about Pac-Man, that kind of stuff, it's manipulation of frequencies and out-of-phase oscillations and this kind of stuff. So, it's all a bunch of physics there. Okay. Now, for modern games, they record real sounds and use them. But back in the day, it was all about simple frequency oscillations and beating frequencies and this kind of stuff.
1: Okay. No, that's cool. I never knew that. Can you teach
0: me the overwhelming art of gardening? So I had a number of questions for you here, Brandon. Oh Obviously, yes, okay, let's do it. Me, but let's let's get into yeah. this association. dig you've in. You've grown a garden previously, right? Yeah. What did you grow in the previous garden?
1: Tomatoes, webby peppers, mm-hmm. uh, zucchinis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we tried potatoes, watermelon, and did I say green peppers?
0: Mm, you say yeah. green peppers? Yeah.
1: So yeah. So green, green peppers. Yeah, yeah, bell peppers. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I guess yeah, and then some uh, like like basil, oregano, mm-hmm. rosemary, yeah. stuff like that. Um uh, but but um I have room to do it, but um I don't know. Uh teach me the art of gardening because I'd like to do one next season. Okay. Next well, next I year mean, I should.
0: I think say. you've probably I mean, did that did your previous garden turn out okay? Were you able to get the
1: produce that you had hoped or were there any yeah. issues? you know what there's like a family of deer in the backyard oh. and most neighbors have like took took out their woods like they mm-hmm. removed it and but i have like a small section of woods and i'm like there's like eight deer in there and i'm like you guys can just chill in there i'm not knocking it down but they will just destroy the garden and then mm. i've even caught the groundhog like three feet off oh. the air climbing over the fence and i'm like dude Mm. It's it's yours. Like that that looks hard to do, <laughs> you know. Mm. So like the animals get it, but I did take like um I know a barber and uh she gave me hair. And some mm-hmm. and a friend of mine's a hunter and he's like just put hair around there and they'll keep mm. away. It's it's to work a little bit, but um mm-hmm. you know. Um but I'd like to plant like uh, potatoes mm-hmm. in uh left like white potatoes would be great. Um any
0: suggestions? So I would grow those in winter? I mean, I think there are winter gardens and there are summer gardens. So a lot of what you were growing was more a summer garden. Winter gardens are designed to be left for really six to, even in some cases, nine months, and then you get the produce out at the end. So carrots, onions, garlic, these kind of things are what I would consider winter garden vegetables. The winter garden is harder in many regards than the summer garden because for me it's a whole lot of weeding, and it's selective weeding, and it's maintaining stuff. I've only done a winter garden garden, once in the past three years and the main thing is i don't have garden beds so our property really doesn't i mean i built garden beds when we first moved here and i ran them for uh, a year and a half but i'm now growing exclusively in pots because we just you know who knows how long we're going to stay here with the gunshots and everything else so my view is um if you have garden beds then you have a luxury to actually do a winter garden but a lot of it is weeding The secret of gardening really is just patience and putting it into your daily ritual. And I think that's the main thing that I love about having or maintaining a garden is just the daily ritual of it. And I do stuff on the weekend. I've moved up a whole bunch of stuff around this weekend. The Weedy Peppers are really curious to me because they're maintaining that light lime green colour. They're not darkening, but I assume that will happen in, you know, three to five weeks. Yeah, they should darken. Through the week, which was great fun. And hot sauce for me has always been a, I'll make it next year kind of thing. I used to put just chili peppers, I'd cut them in half and put them in vinegar, which enabled me to preserve them. But I've always wanted to make hot sauce. And this year, I have a recipe based on apple cider vinegar. And I'm going to run each of the, I'm going to run, I've already run the five alarms through a three to two ratio of peppers to garlic to start off with. You create a mash. You put it through vinegar, you cook it for a very short amount of time, then you put it in bottles and you boil the bottles. You boil the bottles before and afterwards with the hot sauce in it. That, for me, has been absolutely wonderful with the five alarms. I'm going to do it on the ties and I'm going to potentially, although webby peppers seem to be more eating peppers, so I might just take webby peppers. We've got various DD folk that want to try the webby peppers. My view with gardening is it's just about patience and it's about never getting to perfection. Like, the number of times you talk about deer. My uncle used to grow tobacco as a means of keeping away, but this was in Australia. I grow a ring of peppers, so I will put peppers around the outside. We have possums and squirrels here, and neither of them will touch my garden because I always... I basically plant protectively <laughs> associated with these. Kind of peppers. Plus, they've got, like, unlimited fruit and avocados and a bunch of other stuff, which is way higher fat than anything that I'm going to be growing normally. So they're usually, like, just gorging themselves on other things, um, which makes my gun easier. I'm also right in the middle of... Like, this. we have skunks, we have possums, we have squirrels, we have a bunch of feral cats. But aside from that, nothing large and, like, grazing, but the possums are pretty smart um, in terms of getting stuff. But, yeah, like I say, it's long-term things. I use... Typically four or five different things to start a garden. I use blood and bone because I'm from Australia, but it's a combination of those two. I usually use a little bit of alfalfa meal now. A bunch of other things just to start the garden. We talked about backwana. That really is like a, that's a super yuppie organic vegetable kind of thing. Most people will not necessarily need backwana. Worm castings is something I've got a worm thing that I I always replenish soil with that. Um, it's just patience, really, and it's just cathartic. Like it just fixes parts of my day for me that I know I'm just going to be gardening, watering, picking stuff. You know, testing various things. I like
1: taking the flower parts off the peppers. That's just a hobby of mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's basically okay. my life. So that's yeah. great. That's awesome. Yeah, I can't wait till your webby peppers come up. It's mm-hmm. coming right for for mm-hmm. for uh, for football season. Oh, it's gonna Very be awesome. Oh good. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Hobbies <gasps> that you hate or don't interest
1: you, but everyone seems to love. Oh, yeah, dude. Like cars, fishing, mm. golf, college sports. Like, yeah. ev- I feel like everybody's into these. I'm like, I don't care about either yeah. of them. Do you have any interest in those? Any no, of those?
0: No, none of them. In fact, the strange thing is the cars thing is really very strange. So I've never really been into cars at all. In fact, it's only being married to my wife. For most of my life, I've cars have been either problems or financial pressure or just nonsense. And then my mother decided to participate in the war on terror. And I was just like, screw this. So, yeah, aside from my wife, who demands that we have a car and behave like normal people. um yeah, I would be completely without the whole thing. What else? What else? Well, sports, obviously, we've talked about. I mean, my view yeah. is actually humanity goes on without me. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that people are into. I mean, people here currently are trying
1: to get eclipse glasses and go up to Oregon. Oh, dude! And- <laughs> dude! Hey, there's a cool solar eclipse in the movie Apocalypto. Right. And and it'll look way better than the one you're going to look for on Monday. <laughs> So, and you don't have to wear glasses, and it's going to be, like, in high def, so you can just go look at that. (laughs) I'm like, I can't believe there's, like, out here, Lowe's has all these, like, um, just like a bin of glasses you can put on, and I'm like, I can't believe people are going to put these crappy things on and go stare at this. I'm like, I I I can't believe you're going
0: to... Sponsored by optometrists everywhere. Yeah. uh, (laughs) yeah,
1: Anyway. (laughs) Yeah, anyway. Extremely unhealthy food. Oh yeah. Okay. I think um like buffalo wings are mm. like are like a, I mean ice cream obviously is horrendous for you but uh buffalo wings like hot wings are I think they're pretty awful like chicken chicken skin is mm. is really bad for you but if you ever look at the salt content in like um hot sauce it's like That's a, why I make
0: my own. That's why I make my own, cuz yeah you know hot salt no salt in, well I put a tiny pinch of salt but in a huge vat but yeah. yeah,
1: no, it's astonishing salt. It's astonishing. It'll be like three thousand and, but it'll be like per tablespoon, and you're like, oh my ah, dude, I can't even believe there's that much in there. But yeah, yeah. I don't know. Does anything strike you as horrendously awful for you?
0: Um, we have gourmet donuts in this part of the world, which oh. are they have one called the Dead Elvis, which <laughs> is bacon, banana, <laughs> peanut butter, and jelly on a donut. It is <laughs> it is quite extraordinary. When it comes to work, I will typically take a small portion of a dead Elvis just to remind me what my heart feels like when it stops. Um, yeah, I think all those foods... It's astonishing. I mean, this country has just so much... Like, if you want to kill yourself by eating, the US is really the place to be. Because, yeah, a phenomenal... The wing stuff is interesting, actually. I have found a local place, which is... I live on the cusp of a series of different parts of San Jose. We're historically in an Italian area, but it's historically also been a Mexican area. We have a Vietnamese area close by. There is a Hong Kong grocer that does wings that are absolutely, like, flame-roasted, come out. Uh, My wife doesn't like it, but they put, like, chilies on over it. And in terms of, like, chicken meat, steamed on the inside, crispy on the outside... Pretty delectable, but I'm sure, you know, a zillion calories within that. So many possibilities in this country there. So many possibilities. <laughs> You're asking for an attic update. Should I start or will you start? Because I have a number of questions for you about your attic
1: too. Oh yeah. Go go for it. Ask away. Um so, I'll give you I'll give you a quick update. Mm-hmm. Um it's basically empty. It's oh. it's empty. I mean there's like you know what's in there is is my Halloween stuff. And mm. once Halloween comes it won't go back up there. So, mm. um, yeah. That's, so you're
0: not it, doing it till because you've got air conditioning ducting and stuff up there now? Is that why it's no longer? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you know, they were like, you got all this crap up here. What are you going to do with it? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, don't worry. I'll get it out. So I got it out. And now I have like a crawl space downstairs. Um, but I ended up throwing away a lot of stuff. And pack stuff better and kind of donated some stuff. And so when I went back up after they were done, they made it seem like it would be this like humongous thing up there, with all this stuff. And there's plenty of room. There's like a ton of room still. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, there's like this big hose with a couple offshoots. And mm-hmm. I could probably fit everything that was up there, up there almost. So I could put more stuff up there. Um, but it's easier to get into the crawl space. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not hot. Yes. And it's it's like no moisture. So I'm like, okay, this is probably better. So, hmm. yeah, but go ahead. Um.
0: So I put fans in and have used it to cool through the summer months. Somehow, through just continuous use, the stair ladder, even though neither my wife nor I have been on the stair ladder, has developed some curious kink in it. So I've got a bunch of stuff up there. I'm similarly debating whether I continue to use the attic. I mean, it's very useful for suitcases. But all the other stuff that's up there, I think I just need to go through and, as you say, either donate or, you know, work out what I do with it. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff that I kind of think about. And I did actually find that one book I was looking for by going up. But, yeah, it's a funny space because now, as summer kind of continues on and wanes, we won't use the fan as much. I've got to fix the thing that we get up through. And yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's the name of this podcast. I, mean, I feel obligated to maintain something in the attic. Uh but and I still have everything up there as filmed in the video. But um yeah, what we do with it in the near future, I don't know, we're getting the house painted, that's the next thing. And then possibly I mean, my wife is always begging for as you have had installed, like heating air conditioning stuff going up there. You never know, and that might be the next thing that comes in. So <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for more. Yeah. You ask. Casinos, gambling, lotteries, scratch off tickets. Did you participate in any? Which game is your best bet? Pros and cons. Strange things you've seen in casinos. Let's move strange things you've seen in casinos
1: because that's a completely different and deeper topic. Do you
0: want me to start with this or
1: what do you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, do you do any of the, um.
0: So I have a series. I've lived in, I lived in Vegas for six years and I worked for a period of time in Vegas for a company that enabled me to generate intellectual property for casinos. So I have maybe including things like Street Fighter games with casino reels. So I have eight patents, I think. Do you say patents or patents? Anyway, I have eight of those patents. Things. Yeah. Uh, I filed about 35 of them. And got awarded eight while I was in Vegas. Yeah, oh, dude. So I've worked with mathematicians, basically every aspect of the casino industry I've had some connection with, although I don't anymore, and it seems like a world ago. But now I have stuff on, like, arcade cabinets that are casino boxes and illegal betting machines that play like i get cabinets that's awesome so yeah i my experience Vegas is different than most i don't know i've stayed in casinos twice in four years i always go down see what i mean i know some of the slot machines i know people that have developed slot machines go down i'll typically find the slot machine out the middle of nowhere and just get the free drinks and talk to you know the people and this kind of stuff i i don't hate casinos i used when i lived in vegas i would never go into them and i had a very strange relationship with casinos when i go and stay in vegas now and we still have a house in vegas i'll go into the casinos and just it's a thing right i mean some view it as abhorrent my view is it's entertainment for a short period of time for people if they're putting you know money that they can afford to spend the people that can't you know, they're addicted and this kind of style. That's a bit more slippery. Um, all the other stuff I don't participate in. I mean, I don't really participate in casinos. I don't know. I, My wife and I, when we first started dating, played poker. And she took me for everything I have. Like, my wife is brutal at cards. And, yeah, I just don't engage in these kind of things. So, really, none of the above. But I've had strange experiences in casinos,
1: which we'll get to a little bit later. How about you? No, I um I don't either. I um I don't know. It just seems like one of them things that so many people are into. But I'm like, this is like I'd yeah. have no interest whatsoever in, yes. in 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 any of it. Um I mean, I guess the slot machines are probably the coolest thing. Uh that Wheel of Fortune game. Mm. I, I like that, but um I don't know. It never interests me. Like scratch off tickets, I see people will just buy yeah. scratch off tickets like crazy. Yeah. I'm like, dude, just Just go take that money and go buy something. (laughs) Yeah, like, come on. Just go
0: get whatever you want. You already
1: won. Strangest things you've
0: ever seen in casinos. For me, and this actually my wife got me on initially. I never used to notice this, but now she visually picked it up. It's old guys and prostitutes. Like, for me, I never was into this initially. But now I will just sit in casinos and watch. And you always see these old guys with these really young women And it's just a really surreal game. Well, you see the old guy sitting at the bar and you wait till the young women kind of appear around him. For me, this is the casino thing. I don't know what else to see in casinos that are just... It's always really strange. Like, casinos are just like an alternative reality, quite definitely. And they're actually constructed psychologically very much to be that. But yeah, the old guys with the prostitutes, that's something that I always pick up on. I mean, they're just strange things. Fear I and saw, Las Vegas.
1: Continue. Continue, Brad. I saw two Elvis impersonators in Vegas, and they were, like, obviously friends, but they were really arguing, and it mm-hmm. was, like, a really old Elvis impersonator. I mm-hmm. felt <laughs> bad for him. But, dude, he was, like, as bald as me with a comb over. But he was, like, 80. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, maybe not eighty, but he he looked like he was eighty, and he I think he was like not all there, Mm -hmm. and I think the guy he was like arguing with was like the younger guy who didn't even look like Elvis at all, really. But (laughs) the older guy looked not. They both had the suits on, but they didn't, Mm -hmm. you know. And the guy's like screaming at him, and the other guy like, yeah, I don't know, he just didn't know what was going on. I was like, this is so weird. Like this is their, this is just I don't know. It was Mm -hmm. it was odd, but um. I don't know, I'll never forget that old guy. He's like, like, nothing like Elvis, how did you get here? Hmm.
0: I had friends in Vegas that were professional card players at various times. In fact, even when I came over here, the guy that recruited me at Netflix had been a professional gambler. Really very strange profession to be in. Yeah, I had a friend actually while I was in Vegas who was trying to learn how to roll dice and spent a long period of time with me because I've learned how to roll dice playing d d you know? You learn how to roll dice and... You learn how to influence dice rolls and, you know, various techniques that you can watch in other people and this kind of stuff. But, yeah, he was absolutely obsessed with rolling dice. The whole thing with Vegas is just like a series of broken dreams and <laughs> strange stories yeah. perpetuated in, in extended form. Moving on from this. Halloween is right around the corner. Costume suggestions for listeners, best worst things you've seen or dressed up as, and your ultimate dream costume.
1: I would love an awesome Boba Fett costume. Mm. That would be awesome. Um, mm. I did a pretty good Molaram costume before mm. for a friend of mine, and I don't even like the second Indiana Jones, but I like Molaram. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Boba Fett would be my favorite. I don't know. There's some horrible things out there. I saw the mm. costume. It wasn't for Halloween. It was at a convention. It was a guy who made a Predator costume, and – uh it looked like he made it out of couch cushions. It, mm. And the guy was like 5'8", like 100 pounds. And I was like, the Predator is like, the, why would you pick the Predator? And predator it was Virginia. yeah, Oh, it was it was so bad. And I was like, oh, dude, I wish I got a picture of that. And uh, yeah, that was pretty bad. I saw a really fat Batman with a beard. And I saw another guy and sold him. Yeah. Um, which was pretty pretty entertaining but yeah uh, Boba Fett would be my favorite costume there's already Halloween stuff in like the stores I'm sure you've Mm. seen it
0: Mm. for me if I was to recommend costumes for listeners either the current or the previous first lady I think offers a number of Halloween costume possibilities for me pilgrimage has offered I've just got some armor in my future I think like seeing the The 12th, 13th century French armour. Just, uh, I'd love to get into that, I think. I've actually started working out. I've actually started pricing various armour options. So, yes, if I could go as a, I don't know, French lord of uh, 1203, I think that's probably something that would be interesting. But, yeah, my view is many, many different Halloween possibilities. I'm now getting marketed a wide variety of strange marsupial masks which I've thought about actually purchasing so I can do YouTube videos without offending the general public. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think probably, like, a kangaroo or a koala mask would uh, certainly be in the future. Maybe the armor and a koala mask.
1: Definitely Ooh, a sort of. I would love to see a woolly mammoth just at a Halloween party. Yeah. That would be freaking cool. Um, yeah, and it's always funny when you see, like, someone going as, like, a non living thing like a car or a submarine mm. or a mm. boat go walking around the room. I always laugh at that stuff. So. Or diseased uh, blankets perhaps. Yes, oh anyway. disease blankets, yeah. yeah. An old dresser. Serial <laughs> 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 killer's the worst. I can't stand saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, the box of cereal with a knife. Yes. Yeah. I'm like yes. okay. Song lyrics that
0: you've always wondered about.
1: Oh man, I painted too much. (laughs) Too many fumes. Too many fumes. Uh, Too many fumes, man. Uh, I had something earlier. How about you? Anything Um, on top of your head?
0: Ice Cube's Ghetto Bird. He has a song. He has a part of it where he says, "I didn't look up and see it a wyvern in the sky, or a wyvern in the sky." My view is, it's a wyvern, which is or a wyvern, which is a dragon. I've always thought that that was a better lyric than Whippin'. Uh, the folks online say Whippin'. I don't know. My view is Ice Cube was a sufficient nerd to use the term Whippin' there. Um, and <laughs> Other things that... Uh, I don't know. It's funny, actually, because my wife and I competitively find song lyrics, and nine out of ten times she is right. So I'm wrong so many times in song lyrics, it's not even funny. But it's always amusing... Because I'll fight up until the Google search to find the
1: actual Yeah, I'm always wrong. Well, look, tonight I was to San Jose and Santa Fe.
0: Yeah, that was good. That was good. In (laughs) illustration for
1: this. (laughs) What
0: movies do you wish you could see in the theater?
1: Oh, I think I would like Godfather 2 in the theater. Mm. I'd like to see that. I I saw Casino in the theater, but I didn't see Goodfellas in the theater. I would have liked to see that. Um... Yeah, uh, oh, I'm sure there's there's plenty more. You know what? I didn't see Predator in the theater. I'd love to see Predator oh, in there. That, that thing would be freaking awesome. You just um, listed
0: all of mine. Like,
1: literally.
0: <laughs> I'm out of movies now. Oh, Thank you, Brandon. Oh,
1: I'm sorry.
0: Oh, <laughs> action figures, toys, video games, board games, name one that has been on your mind recently or something that you're excited about.
1: Ooh, go, Thomas. That's all you.
0: Shadow War Armageddon. I've been assembling orcs. I've got a bunch of Space Marine Scouts I'm assembling. I've ordered the bombed-out city from Poland. It's winding its way towards me. I am going to put on a demonstration game at D&D night of Shadow War Armageddon. It's a small skirmish game, typically like three miniatures a person, of orcs and Space Marines, and you can put other factions in but just fighting it out over this desolate cityscape landscape. I think it'll play well at d d night. I'm hoping it will. And I'm currently, I'm going to spray paint the orcs and do various point painting uh, tomorrow. And the dunking stuff hasn't arrived yet. And the spray paint for the space marines hasn't arrived yet. So we'll be assembled over the next three or four weeks. Uh, a listener, Stephen Bourne, actually pointed out to me that the original game that Games Workshop came out with, which was called Necromunda, is being re-released. And Chatterwaram, again, was a preview of Necromunda. Necromunda had some beautiful figures. Rat figures. Um, the guys with the, like, guns with the tiny painting were Necromunda figures. Just, like, really dark, futuristic miniatures. Games Workshop is going to be releasing them again in some form. So that is what I'm working on currently. Anything from you, Brandon?
1: Um, Just crossbows and catapults. Mm. Uh, yeah, I have two of those. Uh, two yeah. sets of them. It's been on my mind for a while, so... Mm. If I get the pool table cleaned off, I, I'm thinking about just getting a big laminate sheet on top so mm. I can have, like, a wide something. You know, I usually have, like, a folding table, and the crease in the middle kills it for when you're shooting the pieces. But yep. I really want to combine the two games and have it oh, set yeah. up so if anyone comes over, we can just play.
0: So. I, thought, uh, I put uh, money into a GoFundMe or Indiegogo thing for, like, an 8-foot by 4-foot gaming table that I currently have folded up. I It actually, actually came through and paid... Hundred and sixty dollars for this folding table thing. So yeah, I'm gonna get that set up as well and uh assemble this
1: yeah. the house too. Yeah. Yeah, I want to have it like set up because I'm always like talking about it. I never do it and I'm like if somebody yes. comes over, I'm like, we don't play pool, so let's give this a shot. But Very uh, good.
0: One final thing, Brandon. On my yes. end at least, before your one final thing. November. Do I head over to the East Coast and then we find a location? Are you just like completely off the idea now? Will it be Vermont? Could I book somewhere in the south
1: somewhere? And I mean, my understanding is that you drive up to the mont. <laughs> I drive up, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. It seems yeah. like it's it's off the mm-hmm, chart right now. Not off the chart, but, I mean, it seems like no one's going. I mean, but I kind of I can find of, a like, hunting lodge in the south and, and pay it up for a few days.
0: I mean, we could meet somewhere there. I can head to Westchester... We can cancel the whole thing and I can go to Cuba. It's
1: you can, all yeah, possibilities. You can, you, oh, I'm here. You could do either or. You know, Very I'm good. I'm I'm here. So, um, what's your time frame? Is it like um Same a week? Or some, I took
0: I took the, basically I the, took two weeks off to get up there and then get back through some road trip. Oh, all right. Well, that's awesome. So then it could still happen potentially if it's just you and me. I mean, my, I'm going to have to leave my wife somewhere to keep it civilized. But, um, yeah, I mean, or I could just come to Westchester or we can go to the south, whatever you want to Ye- do, or
1: anywhere in between. Okay. Okay. Well, then let's figure something out. Definitely. Do you have a Definitely. final topic or are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm going to uh, go hang some insulation for about an hour. Very so. good. Always productive. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll talk to you soon, uh, Brandon. Take care. Yeah. Take care. See you soon.